You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. As we network, did I say that properly? Network. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, we're back here to cover Nip Tuck. We're in season three, episode three. Uh, a fun episode to go through. This one is called Derek, Alex, and Gary. I will be playing the part of Alex this episode. Um, this episode first aired on the 4th of October 2005, was written by Brad Falchuk and directed by Craig Zisk. And as we always start off an episode with, my name is Ben. And why does everyone think I'm gay? <laughs> and I'm Nick. And domesticated or not, there's no pussy for you here. Ah, oh, see, I was going to go with the pussy or not line. Um, but yeah, this is a very quotable episode. Can I just say there's lots of good one-liners, which we'll have to point out, but, uh, I like this episode. It's, it's a fun episode. As I said at the end of last week, it's a very nip tuck episode. I think there's a lot of elements in this entire, uh, episode that really kind of sell this show. And there's one scene in particular that I just love. I love it so much. It's so nip tuck. Um, I would put it up there possibly for a top five of the season. I don't think it will make it. I think we've got definitely some scenes that will definitely overshadow that one. But if there's a guilty pleasure scene, we'll get to that. But yeah, I like this episode. Yeah. Again, this was a little bit of a, a pleasant surprise to, to come back and, and, you know, it was one I just kind of popped in with kind of no memory and just kind of watched it play out. And, you know, if, it's just entertaining from beginning to end. You know, it's not one of those ones where there's boring scenes or things you're not really interested in. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a TV show and you want to be entertained. And it's it's a fully entertaining episode, whether I, you know, bin it or, or um, rent it or, or buy it. It's just entertaining. And one thing I will say for people is this is definitely an episode that once you have watched this season, maybe if you're watching this for the first time, this is definitely one of those episodes you go back and watch again once you kind of watch this season as a whole because there's a few subtle references in this episode that will come back later on in this season, which, again, you're watching this not thinking anything of. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. But later on when there's certain storylines, even one in a couple of episodes time, there's, it's just the way, there's just the little references and moments, which it's kind of hard for me to go into detail without obviously spoiling this season. But uh, yeah, just bookmark this episode in terms of some of the moments that you will see because it, it makes sense. It's, it's very well thought out, I think, if, uh, you know, Ryan Murphy and all the writers involved in this show kind of had this grand plan for this season. I think it's kind of, it's very cleverly done. Um but obviously, we start off straight away with poor old Matt. Um, he's been bashed up and pissed on. I mean, I guess he bashed people first. But um, he's uh, isn't it always amazing that when people in this show injure themselves, they have to get surgery? Like, Julie goes through a glass window. She has to have surgery. Matt's got bashed. He has to have surgery. Like, okay, I understand it. Yes, you're going to get injured. Sometimes you need surgery. But not all the time do you need surgery in these situations, right? Yeah, it does feel like. You know, if um, you know, if your dad was a panel beater, then any any tiny scratch you had on your car, you would go and get it fixed. I guess so. It's the same same thing. I guess you you might as well if you, if your dad or both your dads if they if they're plastic surgeons, then you know if you get a little scrape or if you get your your face punched in, then you want to go and get surgery to fix that up. I guess. Yeah, true. So we obviously start off here, Matt, and then we kind of get our first Julia v Matt v Christian scene. Um, and it's kind of, I like the way they kind of interplay with each other, you know, Christian sort of really trying to play the dad card here. 
um, you know, you're neglecting my son, it's my business. And then Julia's great line of, you know more about the different classifications of tequila than you do about parenting. Um, just, you know, just the back and forth and kind of Sean's trying to blame Julia. Oh, his erratic behavior started when you served me divorce papers. Um, I, yeah, I can't, I'm kind of with Julia here. I don't think it really started there. Um, but obviously we kind of get this, uh, sequence there when they're about to do the surgery and Quinton's there assisting and, uh, Christian gets shoved out. Can I just point out a couple of things here? Let's go back to season one when, uh, you know, dear old Matt's tried to chop his penis off and, uh, Sean is scared to do the surgery. He's nervous, you know, cause it's his son. Uh, uh but now he's completely fine with it. Um, <laughs> like, okay, sure. Let's go for it. And then also Christian here trying to argue the point They've literally hired Quinton because of his work to do with facial surgery. This is why they brought him in, season two. He's the best face doctor this side of the country. They've flown him in from Atlanta. Uh, why wouldn't you want him working <laughs> in this situation? Like, you've got your expertise. He's a face guy, you know. So I think kind of it's, it's a bit weird here for me to see that Sean has no problem cutting into his son and Christian's trying to argue the fact that, oh, no, I should be doing this surgery, not the guy who's interfaces. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where it just plays up on on you know Christian's quite insecure and and yeah. wants you know needs ego to be stroked all the time. So I think they do a good job with that. Um, yeah, and and kind of going straight. And I do love that kind of you know that Matt point of view um, shot just before you go into the credits, where it's basically like the mallet in his nose and Sean just coming down smashing them. You know the the chisel into his nose. I think that's really good. Yeah, completely agree. Um, but yeah, I, I, one thing I like about this episode is kind of obviously this whole episode, the theme, I guess, is threes don't always work. You know, you've got to try and find the twos in there and just kind of just the, the way they kind of interplay that. And, um, like I, I like these moments in this episode where it's kind of, you know, they're fighting for Quinton almost like Quinton's the guy here. It's like, Oh no, I'm going to be with Sean. No, I'm going to be with Christian. And then it ultimately ends in a certain way. So I like this episode for Quinton that we learn a lot about this guy. Uh, in many ways, um, but we'll get to that. But obviously after the credits, um, we're at a college uh, where I guess this is Miami U or wherever they go to college, um, and we got this guy, uh, sort of this, you know, frat bro, and I love when he says to Christian, you did my mum, and he just kind of, <laughs> kind of looks. Uh, this is just one of those scenes where how cool does Christian look? Like, I mean, God, just you want to look like him at this well, point. I- yeah, totally. And I, I think probably the thing that really makes it stand out is, um, and it would be interesting to see if this actually holds the whole thing, but, but Quentin's not a well-dressed man, is he? No. Like he, do, he does like he got his suit from the Salvation Army. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if they've done that deliberately. You have to assume that they have. Um, but Quentin just looks like he doesn't he doesn't belong in the, the kind of Miami set. You know, from Atlanta. Just, he, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. But just like, you know, he's always in kind of beige clothing, but, you know, his shirts always look tight and, you know, a little bit dirty. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I assume it's something that's been done deliberately to kind of make him seem less cool than Christian, especially. I would um, agree but with that, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah, I think it's right. I definitely agree, particularly when we get to this scene later when they go to the, the frat party. It's like, you know that if Quinton goes with Christian, he's not cool. But he goes with Sean, he's cool. So it's kind yeah, of, yeah. it's 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 definitely, yeah, I agree with everything you say there. And it's kind of what you said last episode, how kind of, he's the middle between Christian and Sean. And like, I'm, I, I like, the, this is why I like Quinton. It's that 
they could have easily just gone for, oh, he's another Christian, or he's another Sean. But he's got elements of both. Like, we've seen it kind of, Quinton, you know, talking up his, you know, the way he is, but then he's got lots of elements about Sean about him too, about how he's, like, went off into the African jungle or whatever his backstory was last season or this season. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of like how that... And Quinton, to me, is always, like... He's an interesting one in the grand scheme of major characters in Ip Tuck because you could argue he's like a certain psychologist who's only on the main cast for one season. The difference is we yeah. get closure with this guy. Um, and I think, you know, once we get to the end of six seasons and we talk about sort of the major characters of this show, I would still rank Quinton as very memorable and very high up there on the list. Uh, because I think I think he's just in the grand scheme of Nip Tuck, he's always an overlooked character, which is interesting. Once we kind of get to what happens with him in this season, um, so I don't know. I, I, I've always been a Quinton fan. I just think he's a very interesting character, and particularly with stuff that we learn about in this episode. Yeah, totally. Um, I think probably because he just. And it's an interesting choice they've made to pick somebody that looks very similar to the two, you know, like in terms of he's, you, you know, like a similar build, similar height, you know, he's, um, you know, got the same kind of hairstyle, you know, like hair look and things like that. Like he, he doesn't look particularly different from the two doctors. So it's a really interesting choice they've made to, to choose somebody that looks very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I th- so one of the things, the questions I have about here is that do you buy Christian as a president of a, you know, um, uh, fraternity, I was going to say sorority for a minute. Fraternity, <laughs> uh, um, absolutely. I mean, I, he doesn't seem. Oh, really? He just doesn't seem the type to me. Like, I think you'd just be too kind of like he's not a team player, you know. And I think you kind of have to be a team kind of person for that kind of thing. I think kind of when we get to season six episode where we get, uh, we mentioned I think last season when we get that flashback episode to when sort of him and Sean meet. Uh, absolutely, I do because he's he would be the party animal. He's the one who's going to go off and get all the girls. So I kind of think that he's going to be roped into a situation. And like we get that line when he's like, "Oh, you know, you're you're a bit of a legend around here. You turned it from a sausage fest into a pussy palace." Like you can imagine that Christian's probably there, and he's, he probably like imagine he got like maybe he just went along to a party or something, or he got roped into, it and he's like, "What the hell is this? Like, where are the girls?" And he's like, "I'm going to change this." So like you know, let me do this. So he probably whatever he did changed it into it, and then he's just automatically going to be the president. I don't think he stays president for long, um, but, you know, I think kind of he just gets to a point where he changes it, he's president for a moment, then leaves. I, I definitely could see him being that. Yeah, okay, well, that's interesting. I, I kind of don't really buy it, but then I, I don't really have a good understanding of the, the kind of fraternity lifestyle. It's not something that we've got in New Zealand, obviously, um, and I don't know enough about the culture to know if it fits. I've always kind of seen Christian as this kind of lone wolf type of guy so it, it just doesn't really match up with who i kind of see the character is but no i hear what you're saying i do love this sequence so when we get into the building you know it's all like they've got his card because you know as i said you did my mum. oh you did surgery you know i found your card and like we need this to be completely confidential we can't have this on the record you know we've got this money in the bank this is what we can pay for you uh you know this is just a prank you know we've got to fix this without it going in the record we've got two guys who have somehow super glued themselves to another guy's ass um, which is just, I just, and I just love these guys' reaction. It's like, stay cool, Derek. And it's like, your dad's an author. What is he like? Oh, my dad's a doctor. Quick, we go to the emergency room. Your dad's an orthodontist, dickweed. It's like, shut up or I'll shit in your face. Yeah, I do love that line. That was, that was almost my opening quote was around the, I'll shit your face. 
Oh, I just love it so much. And then just, I just love how calm, like, Christian is here. And he's just, you know, okay, we'll do this, we'll do that. Then he says to everybody, like, you might all want to leave. It's going to get messy in here. And, like, nobody moves. And he's like, well, just at least give us some room. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I just love this scene, you know, what does he say? Like, bottom, bottoms up. And then just, just the music and everything that goes on here with it. Like, is this the stuck on you Elvis Presley bit? Or is that is that a little bit later? Um, I mean, yeah, no, that comes. That comes later. That's yeah. Yeah. That's we, the... Is this the stuck on you Lionel Richie moment? There's two stuck on you songs used in this scene, in this episode. So, um, and they could at all with you because they did that literally like two two episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we get that great scene, but then uh, next bit we've got Christian talking to Kit, and just, it's it's weird kind of seeing Christian being like just kissing a girl like kind of like a relationship and it's not like Kimba or something like that. I don't know. It just always seems a bit strange, but here's Kit back. We love Rona Mitra. Um, and we kind of get him wanting to ask Matt some questions and sort of, you know, oh, this is Kit. She's a detective and sort of asks a few questions and, uh, you know, she quickly gets to the point of, you know, all oh, these are scratches here was, you know, how upset was his girlfriend and Matt's just kind of playing naive and Christian's obviously like, take the gloves off. So then he's just basically, she just basically goes to town. Uh, you know, we found you, you were soaked in urine. Uh, you know, we, why are you ashamed that cheerleaders beat you up? Uh, and then he's just kind of like, they weren't cheerleaders. They were guys dressed as girls and obviously tells the truth. Again, hashtag poor Matt. He's been interrogated here. Uh, it's kind of like about an episode ago where it's like, why are they asking him so many questions? Like, okay, fair enough. He's been bashed up and all this. They want to know questions, but why wouldn't you just believe his story? And this is just proved the inaptness of the, uh, the, the Miami PD here that kind of, the, the other police who are on this case can't solve shit, but in comes, you know, Kit McGraw within two seconds. He's gotten to the bottom of this crime. Like, Jesus Christ, the Miami police suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're too busy out trying to find out who's um, who's killing gerbils, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but we also see then we kind of this scene where they're debating about sending him off to some academy, Hutton Academy, a military school. Uh, I love that line uh, when they're like, oh, it's not military school, it's whatever it is. And then Christian's like, yes, and the two plums between my legs are not balls, they're testicles. Uh, that was, <laughs> was going to be one of my opening lines. Um, so Christian's here debating, like, let's put him on some drugs. They're like, no, we're going to send him off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just the the debate here of kind of what's going on. Uh, then we obviously get, uh, Sean creepily telling Christian, Christian, ah, Quinton, Ben, God, speak properly, about how he used to watch him when he slept. (laughs) But then Sean's kind of like, oh, you want to get some stone crabs? (laughs) Which, okay, sure, yum. And then Quinton invites him out, and they're at a college party. Um, and it's kind of, this is where, like, going back to what I was saying about how Quinton's here with Christian, he's got no chance. But he's here with Sean, he's got a chance. He's, like, talking about, oh, these are the fountains of youth, these are all our 40-year-old patients want to look like these girls. Um, I want to go to that party. Can I just point that out? Um, it's a bracelet party, uh, <laughs> which... This... It, sure as, it sure as hell sounds more interesting than going out for stone crabs. Yeah. <laughs> crabs on weed apparently but i mean like i think this dates this episode i don't know if you remember sort of mid-2000s when these sort of colored bracelets were a thing and then it was all controversial because like teenagers would wear them but then like the hidden meaning of them was actually like legitimately a certain color would mean a certain sex act i don't know like if you broke one you had to perform that sex act i don't know if you were aware of that or if that was just hidden from new zealand or 
Um, it's not something I remember, but um, I, I was a pretty sheltered teenager. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't around things like that. I, I mean, I remember wearing them. Like everyone wore them, I guess, in the mid two thousands. And then you know, yeah, you broke one. Like, oh ha ha, you broke the black one. Like you have to do this. Like it never happened, maybe. But like it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it date, dates it slightly to me. Um, I like it when the which one, I don't know which was Gary which one it is the guy the one who initially called christian comes in and he's all like oh you know you made it and like what does uh sean say about like oh what are the bracelets for oh it's a bracelet party oh does any what are the ones with girls who like guys 20 years older oh the black ones they mean like i can't remember what he says but i just like the. Ways. i think it's like the green the green ones they like guys with money or something like yeah, that yeah yeah uh, I just got. I don't know if you have anything to add on this sequence. I mean, it's kind of not a whole lot here before we get to the cinema. So I guess I can lump these two scenes together. Really, I mean, I like it when they, they're, uh, Christian and Kimber and and Kit are all in line here. Uh, you know, they're really taking this three way relationship to the next level. They're going on movie dates, um, and then I just like how Kit's obviously here, kind of defending Kimber. And what does Christian's line say? Like this coming from the girl who likes to spank me and call me daddy. Uh, and then, like, they go up to the box office. And, I mean, what sort of cinema is Like, you go to the movies. Do you say, like, if you're going to see Thor, do you go, oh, can I have two to the new Chris Hemsworth movie, please? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Can I have two to Thor? <laughs> like, yeah. can I have three to the new Vin Diesel movie? Oh, I thought we were seeing the Jude Law movie. Um, <laughs> which is like, okay, sure. Uh, again, dates this episode when Jude Law was a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like Kit when she says, "Oh, if you're good, I'll give you a hand job in hour two. And then Christian just buys two tickets, jerk each other off. Um, so that is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll cap. I, I can probably continue on with the party here, but I'll just cap it off. Just two brief scenes there. I'm just trying to Google to see if there is a movie that's got both Jude Law and Vin Diesel in it. Oh, the be Kevin confusing. Bacon number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean that that would be an interest like. A, a rom-com with action involved, like a buddy cop movie with Jude Law and Vin Diesel. Uh. <laughs> I'm just trying to find... Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, total, total gross, Vin Diesel has grossed $2.17 billion in movies he's been in. Jude Law, $1.495 billion. So, really? not that different. Yeah. That many people have paid to see Jude Law movies? <laughs> His highest grossing one was Sherlock Holmes. Oh, true. He was in both of those, wasn't he? So they they, they, were, they were massive movies, were they? Yeah, they were pretty big. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty big movies. I'm trying. I'm you while, while you're looking that, I'm actually I'm doing the Kevin Bacon number between Jude Law and Vin Diesel. It's a Jude Law has a Vin as a, a Kevin Bacon number of two to uh, Vin Diesel. So Jude Law was in the movie Spy with Peter Serafinowicz who was in Guardians of the Galaxy with Vin Diesel. So there you go. <laughs> right. I love playing this game. Yeah, I always forget that Vin Diesel was in Guardians of the Galaxy because he's not really in Guardians of the Galaxy. Isn't he a voice or something like that? Or Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, has Julian McMahon ever been in a movie with Jude Law? Um, no. Jude Law was in I Heart Huckabees with Mark Wahlberg, who was in Unite for Japan with Julian McMahon. Uh, and what about Vin Diesel? <laughs> We're really going sidetracked here. Has Julian McMahon ever been in a movie with Vin Diesel? No. Uh, Vin Diesel was in Knock Around Guys with John Malkovich, who was in Red with Julian McMahon. So yeah, the, well, there you go. 
<laughs> We're learning a lot here today. Uh, uh, look, I'll, I'll just actually before I get to you, I might as well just cap this off at the party because I mean it's kind of where it ends here. So we back to the party after the movie scene. Um, Sean meets Amber. I like Amber. Can Amber. I just point that out? Amber. 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 What colour bracelet <laughs> you're wearing? <laughs> That's actually my best Boston Robin impersonation I've ever done. Um, they get to know each other. They do jelly shots. They go back to the room. She gets on his knees and introduces herself a little bit more. Um, Quinton comes in with the other girl. She also uh, gets to town on Quinton. And we get this first weirdness with Quinton who's just staring at Sean and winks at him. <laughs> and then Sean's kind of like... Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> trust so me, trust me, if my if my opening quote could have been the look on on um, Quinton's <laughs> face, then it would have been that because it is the most like ridiculously awkward thing ever. It's so funny. Yeah, I mean this whole like I just kind of like these. These are kind of fun scenes, like you know, from the the party. To, I just love the little theater scene there when they're just arguing, and I just love Christian jerk each other off and just walks off. <laughs> like, uh, I'll cap it there. It is pretty good, though, it, it, and it's all that kind of like, yeah, as we say, it's kind of going back to kind of classic nip-tuck, and it's that real kind of witty banter, which you do really like. It's not something that you find in a lot of American shows, I don't think. And witty, witty's probably been a little bit generous. It's probably not witty, but it's it's quite quick, you know? Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, I'm trying to find out here if uh, Dylan Walsh has been in anything with Jude Law or Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> I'm not having any luck here. It's because they just don't act in anything. Um yeah. yeah, Vin Diesel was in the Fast and the Furious with Dan and Drew, who was in Bloodwork with Dylan Walsh. So, right, yeah. oh, Bloodwork, of course. Yeah, th- that famous movie that we're covering soon on Bloodwork Month on the Oz Network. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so nothing more to add. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about Amber or anything like that. Or <laughs> it is, uh, it is like totally weird how they just like. You know, just burst into the room. Mind, mind if we use the beard? It's just like so awkward. I mean, look, it's it's. I guess that kind of plays into American college culture when shit like that. I mean, we kind of. It's it's not like Sean is opposed to this sort of stuff because it's like we he's had the threesome with Christian, and then obviously we hear sort of in that that whole debate where it's like, oh, what's anything new? You used to lay in bed while I screwed other college chicks, and you liked it. So it's kind of like it's not like Sean hasn't been in a room before. Other people are doing shit. But, I mean, I guess you've got to be a certain person to just kind of be okay with that. Amber doesn't care. <laughs> Amber's fine no. with it. Yeah, no. go ahead. <laughs> but, like, you know, if if I was in New Zealand, Nick, and we were out in the town, all of a sudden we had one bedroom, I'm going to be like, yeah, you put a sock on the door, I'll be in 10 minutes. Like, you come in afterwards. <laughs> 10 minutes, I'm being yeah. generous. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm, I'm still single. It's on, my, it's on my Tinder profile. 10-minute man. Um, but... <laughs> Anyway, um, so we've then got Christian. I, I always wondered in this scene, I was kind of like, why is, Why doesn't Christian go to this party? But I guess Christian's in a committed three-way relationship right now. So, um, But, yeah, so we've obviously then got Christian with Matt and he's giving him his pills. And um, I love the, <laughs> the line which I used with, why does everyone think I'm gay? Like, Christian's kind of like, you know, communicating. It kind of starts off like a sweet scene. Like, he's Matt. Like, okay, well, here he is. He's at least got one father figure who he trusts. And then kind of it just turns into, you know, Christian, we're teammates, right? Uh, like, you know, are you gay? Or what I did. I know he doesn't flat out say that. Uh, but then kind of Christian drops his line here where he says, like, my extensive vaginal expertise that I knew I was in something uh, artificial. And Matt's kind of like, what? 
<laughs> and then, like, this is obviously the reveal that he slept with her only once, which would you even count that as once? He just, like, penetrated for, like, three seconds and left. I mean, again, that's generally yeah. what happens with me in sex, but that's, <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> but uh, if anything, Christian was a bit of a marathon man. If I'm inside Famk Jansen, God. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do the one thing. The one thing I do love about like Christian as dad when he's in dad mode and he like he gets like angry at Matt. I just love the way he reacts. Like when um, Matt sort of goes off at him, <laughs> just like Christian's like, "I was trying to save your life, you little shit." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, the way Christian reacts, um, and then it, it, it almost does turn into sort of like not necessarily sweet. But the way, like, um, you know, Matt's kind of like, oh, you, what, you thought, like, having sex with my girlfriend, it wouldn't mean that you, I would hate you? And the way just Christian's just like, I would rather you hate me than see you destroy your life. It's kind of like, aww, <laughs> in a weird way, if you know what I mean. Um, y- yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, his his intentions are, are right, but as quite often happens with Christian, he just, is, you know, he, he does the wrong thing for the right yeah. reason. Or the, or the right thing for the wrong reason, you know, he never seems to get on the right page. Well, he probably quite often does the wrong thing for the wrong reason, too. <laughs> yeah, he, he does a lot of things, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but then we got, once again, Julia going through Matt's room. It's just a trope at the moment. Like, let's have Julia in Matt's room. I guess she misses John Hensley back in the day. Uh, I don't know if they were still well, together I, at well, this point. I, well, I know something you're missing is Julia Moans. Oh, God, really? You had to bring that up before I even got to it. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should like record that, and that should be it. Should be your ringtone. I just would never answer my phone. Like, luckily, no one rings me ever, so I would never hear it. But this is, of course, when I put it on my phone. All of a sudden, everybody wants to talk to me. Ben, Ben, ah, oh, ah, oh, shut up, Julia. <laughs> but like, the, I mean, the, this is this whole sequence, though. Like, you know, I mean, this is kind of Ryan Murphy esque in the fact that you got to just. Think of the overall creepiness of this scene. Like, you've got Julie going through Matt's shit. Fair enough. You've got Sean comes in. Oh, what are you doing not, not here? Not really fair enough. But, but like... <laughs> but, like, you know, we've got the anniversary card. All sweet. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Okay. They have sex on Matt's bed. And then, like, okay, they're assuming Matt's not going to come home. He does. Like... Can you imagine the psychological scars of you coming home from school and your parents are naked on your bed? Like, when Matt says, Matt's just so calm, oh, I'll just change the sheets and have a nap. No, you're getting a new bed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're taking that one out and burning it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, like, oh, my God. Um should just immediately have gone and, like, jerked off onto their bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, two can play at that game, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my book on the art of transsexuals that mum doesn't like? Um, but, yeah, we're fucking moaning Julie. We haven't had this in a while. Like, come on. Like, just, no. Uh, this scene isn't gross enough as it is. I do like Matt's reaction, though. Very nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just... I, I do like as well. Like the, I, I love the card. Uh, yeah, you know that he's written. It's like from Matt, your son. Yeah. And just in case it's not who Matt was. <laughs> and he said, "From Matt, your son." Well, not yours, Dad. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry Spoilers. about that. When you find out fifteen years' time. Spoiler alert. Um, but then yeah, we kind of get this scene where he's got his drugs and um. 
you know, they get them taken away because, oh, what does he say? Like, oh, I got them from my dad, my actual dad or whatever it is. And I love that line when he says, this is the great thing about having three parents. At least one of them will do what you want them to. Um, mm. And then, like, we kind of get this intense scene. You think this is intense, right, till we get to the end of the episode. But sort of, like, he goes to grab Matt and he's like, don't put your hands on me. And then, like, the way Sean's just kind of like, oh, what do you want? Do you want me to hug you, hit you, you tell me? And it's like, oh, I want my pills. Like, no, you can't. That's not a good idea. And it's like, well, don't ask me what I need if you're not willing to give it to me. It's kind of like, yeah, like, you kind of hashtag Team Matt here right now because it's like, well, you know, you've just walked in your parents naked on your bed. Your parents are like, oh, I'll do anything for you. Oh, but accept the thing you want. It's kind of like, well, like, what what can he do right now? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, whatever you need, we'll give it to you. Well, this is what I need. Well, you can't have that. It's the one thing you don't need, uh, you know, that you can't have. It's, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. Like, he kind of opens himself up for it, obviously, by saying, oh, we'll, we'll help you with whatever you need, but then immediately says no to the thing that he does want. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess it's that whole thing of, you know, We've got this this opioid epidemic these days that we that we talk about, and it's like you know when is it appropriate to give somebody antidepressants and and that kind of thing and anti anxiety and you know as doctors you know what's their their take on that and it's kind of somewhere where the show doesn't really go unless there's there's bits that I'm forgetting about people that have you know kind of prescription pill um, you know dependency. It's not something that the show really goes into a whole lot. Um, I think. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think there might be one that I'm kind of loosely thinking of where there is sort of a, a bit of a a dependency. I'm, I, yeah, I think I might be wrong on that. But, yeah, no, I think you're, you're for the most part right. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I mean, at the time of recording this to kind of date this episode, I mean, we've just kind of had a whole big thing in America, haven't we, about sort of Trump and the opioid epidemic, you know, or this is like three September 11s every two weeks or whatever he said. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a huge problem, but like, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, he's just willing to give them to him straight away. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, you know, really, but, uh, I mean, again, this is just the complexity of Matt right now. It's kind of like just, and the fact that he's got all these, all three of his parents warring over him at the moment too. So it's kind of, it really is fucking him over a lot more. Yeah. I mean, how do you kind of feel about the character at this point? Because we talked a lot about the, the acting last episode was really good. Um, and this time around, I, I he gets into that annoying, and I guess we're going to talk about it at the end of the episode, but he kind of gets into that. It, it's almost a bit too much. Like you just get sick of, of him being a bit of a whiny kind of, it, 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 it's borderline, which I like, you know, it, it, it's hard to know how you feel about it, which is, is, you know, a, a real testament to how he's acting that you don't really know which way you're supposed to go with him. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that for the most part. I and mean, it's kind of like when you, like we've talked a lot about Erica, sort of like how like you hate the character. It's not the actress you hate. It's just the actress is, you know, obviously it's been acted so well that you're going to hate the character. And yeah, I think mm. he definitely does toe a line here where, you know, there are definitely parts where you're like, Oh God, he's been a real little shit. I mean, there are there are definitely moments to him in these you know last episodes in this episode where you really are kind of like holy crap, just calm down, dude. Like, stop being a dramatic bitch. But like at the same time, like I mean, you can kind of also sympathise with this guy again. Like he's walking home with his and here his parents are naked on his bed. He's being told he can't have this, but then he can have this. And one parent's giving him drugs, another threatening to send him off to military school. You know, and this has all come down to the fact that this poor guy's confused because the woman he's like madly in love with, and let's be honest, the woman that defines him really as a character across all six seasons is a man and like you know it's kind of that would as i said last episode that would really fuck you over 
So it's kind of like, yeah, you've got that line between it, as you were saying. It's sort of like, well, you, you kind of sympathise, but you also at many points are kind of like, well, just, just like, don't be a dick, Matt. Don't bash transsexuals. Like, just, just, just stop. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, it is really hard because this is the really early stages of this guy tuning into, like, a complete monster for a little while and... You know, I think, uh, you know, he's going to have his ups and downs, but I think whether you kind of go with this turn is really important in terms of what happens to him in the next kind of few episodes, really. And if you don't kind of buy this kind of transformation, then the character's kind of lost on you, and it means that any scenes you get with him going forward is just wasted time to you. So I think it really, these are kind of critical moments in this character's development that you want to make sure that you follow him in these moments and I do and I like the fact that I don't really know whether I should be sympathetic to him or be pissed off with him and I think that's good it kind of challenges you as a viewer to to make a decision on how you feel about him yeah no I definitely agree uh so this is where we get the stuck on you by Elvis if I'm not mistaken because we get them sort of working on uh one of the Derek Alex's and Gary's ass um this is where we kind of get the Christian and Quinton sort of bonding moment where they're kind of talking about uh, you know, Quinton's mentioning about how Sean came with him. You know, we were vulva magnets. That's an interesting title. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Christian's little brag moment. Oh, I wish I had energy for vagina you. Uh, and it's like, oh, what's that? A girlfriend at home? No, but my girlfriend's girlfriend is. And it's like, you are a god. Um, and it's kind of like, any time I can help you out. Well, how about tonight? Uh, <laughs> and it's just kind of like Quinton's like, oh, I hate to have things awkward around here. Um, but this, this is the scene. I fucking love this scene. This is just nip tuck to me. Uh, it's kind of glamorous and this, you know, elaborate setting, this giant ass chair, which is weird. But like, we have them at this dinner, you know, it's Christian, Quinton, Kit and Kimber. And you just kind of, you know, it's a nice setting. It's romantic and this sort of stuff. Meanwhile, Kit's fingering Kimber under the table. Uh, <laughs> just making Quinton lick his finger, lick her fingers. And I just love Quinton here. It's kind of like, Kimber, I'm a starstruck. I love all your movies. Um, you know, which, like, that's a like an awkward thing. Can I just say, I've been in a sort of a situation like that. Like, I I've, I think I've told this on other episodes, but I we have a sort of a, a thing here called Sexpo. It's, I guess, like Comic-Con of sex, you know, tours of the country. And it came to Hobart a few years ago. And I went sort of uh, as media. So I got to, like, you know, interview. It was, it was, it was fun. I can't deny it, it was fun. Um, and there was sort of one of the main draw cards there was this porn star, called an Australian porn star called Angela White. And I legitimately had followed her for quite some time in many ways. And during the interview, I said that to her. I said, oh, I've been, you know, I've watched you for years, Angela. This is a porn star. <laughs> to which she's like, oh, so you've been watching my boobies for many times. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm like... This interview is so weird, but like you know, it's kind of they don't care that they know what they're doing, so like they're going to probably get a lot more awkward moments than that. But um, yeah, I just love this scene. I don't know how you feel about it. again. This is like one I could put up there as a top five. It won't make our top five because again, there are other scenes that are more important and should make this than this. But it's just one of these guilty pleasure scenes that to me just sums up Nip Tuck. You've just kind of got this whole like kinky moment and they're just all just the way it's sort of shot the music and just the whole acting and just i don't know it's just this is nip tuck this scene to me yeah i i I do love it and you're totally right i'd agree with everything um one of the things i always love about this is is kit actually doing any work um (laughs) 
she's been flown like, in from know. merry old London and she's like... <laughs> well, you know, I love the, the comment about, you know, it takes time. It's like, yeah, well, no shit, it takes time. You, you're sitting around having, you know, foursomes and going to investigate your boyfriend's son's, um, you know, nothing to do with you. Um, yeah, it, it's, it just cracks me up, eh? It's like, is this is this person actually working at all or is she just not doing a whole lot? And you just, you're like, at this point it quits, you're like, holy crap, this guy just lucked into something here. Um, yeah. So, like, and I, I kind of, yeah, I, I like the line there when they're, you know, Quentin's talking about Kimber's porn and all that sort of stuff, and then the way Kit just interrupts. Porn is for fat kids. Why not offer the real thing? <laughs> but then just the way she's like, Kimba tastes like hot maple syrup. Really? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would dispute that. But uh, yeah, who, who am I to say? I mean, I love hot maple syrup and I love other things involved in that conversation, but I've never come across both at the same time. Like, maybe yeah. just not being with the right people. So <laughs> anyway, but um, I... I, I it's, do you find it a bit strange? Like, the one thing I will say, it's like, Christian is inviting Quinton, I guess, for the grand scheme of this happening. But he then fights it. Like, is this just Christian trying to make it not so obvious? Because it's kind of like when he's like, oh, Kimber's not this, you know, you can't share her. Or, like, you've got to talk to me before inviting someone else into our arrangement. Like, I, I kind of get the inkling Christian's just trying to act a bit coy and not to make it seem like this whole thing was planned, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it probably like I think he's trying to be the master manipulator, and it kind of gets out of his control. Um, you know, which is is fun, I guess, to watch. Um, but yeah, I think things kind of just get a little bit. You know, obviously he's not expecting to have his ass grabbed by <laughs> by Quentin, which is the best part of this whole thing. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get. I mean, it's I, one, just an underrated moment here, though. Too. Uh, I, I want to give some like random props here to Kelly Carlson as Kim because Kim is really not doing much this episode. She wasn't in last episode, but just the few little moments that we get with her, just like that bit when she kind of turns to Christian and she's kind of like, "Oh, but if he's busy with her, I can have you all to myself." And then it's obviously at the end of this episode where we're going to see soon. You know, the whole like, "Yes, I do belong to him." You know, I just, I just kind of like just how she plays that sort of, I guess, vulnerable, naive Kimba in many aspects and just plays into the whole Christian Kimba love story that, you know, is just so complicated over six seasons. So, um, yeah, just just a little props there to Kelly Carlson, even though she really does nothing in this episode. Um, I mean, obviously, before we get to the sex scene, just, I mean, we've got the Sean goes home to have some alcohol and Matt's polished it all off. Um, and, uh, is this where he calls Julia and he's talking about the booze elves had a big blowout while he was at work? Um, where the fuck is Annie? Like, I mean, I'm just going to point out the obvious here. (laughs) They're so worried about Matt and he's drinking and he's trying to get all the alcohol and Julia's there. Like, does Annie just like hang in a room all the time? (laughs) This is just a question we didn't ask every single episode. Hashtag where's Annie? She hasn't made an appearance this season yet. Come on. Yeah. The the total uh, convenient character I had, oh. yeah. She um, I mean, she was in a photo in the last episode. If you saw her on uh, Sean and yes. Christian's desk, that's about it. Yep. Um, yep. Totally I saw that. But anyway, I hope this... you got credit for that. <laughs> she probably did. Uh, there's a sex scene though. Uh, <laughs> just we've got uh, Quinton and Kit going at it. We've got Christian and Kimber going at it. Everything's going sort of one way, and then sort of Quinton and Kit share this weird look before Quinton grabs Christian's ass. Why not? 
<laughs> We've already seen him being a bit weird this episode, but here he gets a little bit further on. Uh, I just love Christian's reaction. Tell me that was an accident. <laughs> yeah. I need to hear him say it. I did not mean to grab my ass. Uh, just like, Quentin's like, oh, okay, I think I should go. And it's like, no, tell me, tell me it was an accident. And it's like, oh, I assumed you were bi too. And what does he say? Like, oh, you know, I didn't know you were bi or whatever. And then kind of he leaves and then kicks kid out. You know, never, oh no, Quentin says a line. I, you know, I broke my rule. Never come where you eat. Uh, really? That's a bit weird. Um, but then, yeah, he, he kicks kid out. goes without saying. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit gross. Um, but then, yeah, we get this great scene, obviously, with, um, you know, Christian kicking out Kit, and then, you know, Kimber sort of stands up, like, what does Kit say? Like, oh, he doesn't own you. And she's like, yes, he does. And then, like, um, Kimber's like, I like you, but I love him. Um, and then Christian's like, oh, I'm tired of all this bullshit. And then when he says, there's no pussy for you here, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of like the the resolution to all this scene. And again, it's it's... It's just so well acted as well. And, and I just want a special note out to the song that's involved at the beginning of this sex scene. It's the, it's called Wait, the Whisper Song by the Yin Yang Twins. Now, if I, if you ever want to hear one of these like really dirty wrong songs that you know you shouldn't be listening to, but it's kind of, you feel cool for listening to it. Listen to Wait by the Yin Yang Twins, the Whisper Song. Look up the lyrics for it before listening to the uncensored version because, um, yeah, it's incredibly explicit. So you can see why they've just sort of used it in this scene. Um, I mean, I don't know. Anything to add? You mentioned already just the, the grabbing the ass scene. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's all like super awkward. Um, it, but it, it's really funny. And I guess it's kind of really setting up, you know, that the, this this Quentin guy just doesn't really fit in with these two guys that they've got. Yeah, these two, you know, the main doctors have got their issues but you know they've got shorthand for each other they understand you know, each other pretty well um and you know th- there's none of that's going to be happening between the two of them even you know that the you know the famous threesome scene in, in season two is that you know it was very much um one at a time there was none of that kind of stuff going on so it's you know it kind of the boundaries are really clearly set there with um we're with quentin they're not and you know it just really makes him different which is i love it uh next season again underrated season four um, and you sort of, you summed it up perfectly at the beginning of our entire coverage here about how this is kind of like the heterosexual love story between these two. And we do get that sort of storyline with Christian when he's having these dreams about him and Sean, uh, being a little bit more than, uh, just, you know, straight friends. And we've got Brooke Shields involved. It's, it's a fun storyline, but it's, it's, it's one yeah. that you felt they needed to do. Like you just, you had to have this at some point done throughout this. So, um, I mean, we're sort of jumping ahead. Obviously Sean's not involved in this, but, um, yeah, can we re-edit the threesome from last season? of Sean grabbing Christian's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Christian. Uh, <laughs> but we obviously get this scene here with uh, Christian and Sean. And they're sort of uh, organising to come around and have this intervention with Matt. Christian doesn't feel he should be there. But they sort of, you know, are obviously, uh, you know, you've got to be there. We've all got to be there for Matt. And then we kind of get this conversation about Quinton, don't drop the scalpel. Uh, <laughs> what does he say? Like, they're kind of joking about it. Like, oh, I've never had a buddy try to sneak a pinky up my ass for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I like this next sequence. Like, and this is kind of like playing into Quinton, just how I liked his character. So, like, you know, you kind of... In sort of walks Quinton. It's a bit awkward, you know, and then like, oh, yeah, we just read a funny article in the newspaper. It's sort of like, oh, it must have been pretty funny. Oh, did you read about that other article? 
about the bisexual uh, person who sued them for, you know, sexual harassment. Landmark case. Made them bankrupt. And just kind of, see you in surgery, and then leaves. Like, I don't know. I just kind of... There's something about it that I just... It's like, you know, yeah, you you feel for Quentin in a way because, like, here he is kind of, you know, misreading situations and it's easy to be laughed about. At the same time, as he's showing them. It's like, you know, just because... I've put myself in these situations. You're going to judge me. Like I can, I can own you at this point at the same time too. So I don't know. There's just something about this little sequence that I just really like. And I really like it about the Quentin character at this point. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he's a good foil and he, he kind of mixes things up, which is, which is good. You know, you really enjoy this kind of new elements come in. And I think it's, you know, season three, the third doctor, you know, I think it just, it, it works really well. Completely agree. Then we got the final scene. So they're obviously told Matt to come home at what, like seven or eight. And we see the clock. It's nine thirty p.m. They've eaten their Chinese. They're just sitting around the table. And Matt comes in. He's drunk. Um, and then we just obviously get sort of conflict once again. I love Matt's line about, "Oh, sorry, I forgot to get the invitation to the dysfunctional family Christmas party," um, <laughs> which you know it's great. And then we obviously get sort of, "Oh, talk through your feelings," and you know, let's talk about this. Um, and then sort of Sean's really getting angry at this point. You know, your mother and I sacrificed everything for you. Julia gave away her dreams, which, again, can we just point out, remember when Julia went to medical school again? That oh, got yeah. forgotten yeah, about, didn't right. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I remember talking oh. about that in season one. Like, just don't expect anything from this. It just goes away. Um, yeah. But then, like yeah, <laughs> you weren't sad about that. Just like certain uh, psychologists. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I'm talking about there. But uh, so anyway, I, I love the way that, what does um, Sean say? Like, oh, you don't have a right to walk out. And Matt's just creepy way. He just kind of says, watch me. Walks out, shoves Julia. And then obviously he acts a little bit shocked. Sean grabs him. He's about to punch him. And he's like, Julia's like, oh, no. It's like, you wouldn't mess up your, your own work. And he's like, I already have. You know, ooh, dramatic. Then he punches him. And then that's the end. So, yep, Sean just punched Matt. Uh, it came to that. And I remember, that rhymed. I remember watching this for the first time thinking like, really? They went there? But I don't know. There's something about it now that just, it just works, you know, with this kind of plot line with Matt and his, you know, little shitness. And the one thing I will give it props to kind of how we said last episode, how it's sort of Matt over these two episodes. I mean, Matt doesn't go away. Matt doesn't become perfect next episode. There's still a lot of this, you know, that's going to build with Matt, as you kind of said. He's never the same again. But I kind of think this these two episodes are the peak of real dick Matt. I mean, yeah, okay, next episode you're going to get a bit of that with kind of the resolution to Sean punching him. But I, I don't feel you get as much out there with Matt from this point on. Like, you get in these two episodes, so to speak. We're still going to get it. But, like, this is really peak dick Matt, if that makes sense. But um, it's, yeah. it's, it's a powerful way to, to end this episode. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's pretty full on. What I like about it is that they don't, you know, they don't pull the punch. Um, and in the sense that, you know, you don't get that look of kind of regret or remorse from Sean after he's done it. You know, he's, he, he still has that same look on his face, which I think is an interesting choice that, you, you know, I think on a lot of shows, they probably would have that immediate regret of, oh, my God, what have I done? But Like you, Matt, you when he realises when he shoved his mum, like you see on Matt's face yeah. that immediate moment of regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, and also the thing to point out here too is let, let's, like, yeah, Sean's the one who's punched him, but, like, Christian doesn't try to stop him. <laughs> like, he's just oh. holding Julia. Like, Christian's kind of, he's probably thinking, yeah, he deserves a punch in that little shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one thing is kind of to note with it. But, um, 
yeah, just such a powerful way to end it. And obviously we're going to get a little bit more in terms of the resolution of what will happen next episode. But, um, I mean, I guess we're really kind of in the, to the rating part of this episode, unless you've got anything else really to add here that I've gelled over or that I've kind of haven't given you an opportunity to talk about. Yeah, no, I think we've kind of, you know, talked over the, the, the key parts of it. So, yeah, no, I'm happy to go to a rating. And it's kind of a hard one because, you know, when I sat down and watched this, I really enjoyed it. Um, and talking it through, um, while I still really enjoyed it, I'm not sure that there's a huge amount in it that, apart from some fun scenes, um, there's nothing that is hugely compelling. Um, so I, I think it's a rent for me, but it's, it, it is still a really good episode. Um, I, I do really enjoy it, but I'm, I'm kind of ready for, you know, some of the, the bigger storylines of the season to start kicking in now. You know, we're three episodes in, and I think it's time to start moving forwards with the with the overall storylines a little bit. So while it's good, it's probably, yeah, it's a rent for me. I, I'm going to buy it. I, I mean, I kind of, I just really enjoy this episode. I just kind of think... We necessarily didn't talk too much about the acting. I think it's got some really strong acting in it. I think kind of just the, the pinpoint here when we get to the punch at the end. I mean, again, this is like I talk up the, the dinner sequence, how I could argue that's a top five. You would argue Sean punching Matt is, you know, easily a nominee for top five. It's it's a big turning point in their relationship and it's kind of built up to a moment like here. So, I mean, here we are three episodes in and we've already probably got two official nominees for a final five moment. And, you know, again, I'm going to sort of sniff around for the dinner table scene, but I, it won't make it but um you know between sort of the the last episode and again you probably might have to toss up between this and the one we put up last episode as a nominee because you know they're kind of like a similar sean matt moments but um yeah i just think it's a strong episode you've got some real lightness about it you've got as i said like really typical nip tuck with this whole threesome foursome situation and just the stuff we get with quinton as well which again as i said at the beginning of this episode just take note to some of these subtle little moments in this episode that really play a part into it when we get to some really you know strong season resolution by the end of this season so they're kind of again blinking you miss moments you think to yourself oh yeah they just had that episode i don't really need to remember that but just remember that um and interestingly enough this is the first time you and i have had a a buy it rent it disparity just uh difference i'll just use a smaller word there ben uh since trudy nye uh episode 14 of last season uh i rented that you bought it so besides that we've either bought it or rented it together nick oh so Oh, that's that's very nice. I'm not sure I want to talk about things together after this episode, but, you no. know, true. Stop grabbing, my, stop grabbing my ass, Nick. Um, so <laughs> we <laughs> we then move on. I really hope somebody's just like, I don't know why you would tune into a podcast at that point of the episode, but if you're skipping through, like, oh, well, I want to listen to that, you just literally stop at that point where I say, stop grabbing my ass, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's the part you skip towards uh so next week we're talking about uh raya reynolds uh where we get a bit of the carver coming back into it. it's a bit of a different carver storyline next week um we get sort of a, a, a sort of sweet story in many aspects with an alzheimer's patient uh and then we obviously get a little bit involved with what happens after uh matt has been punched by sean uh, i don't know if you've really got much to add on on raya reynolds yeah, I think it's quite a. I think what you're saying is quite a sweet story, but it's also a very sad one as well. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think it's really well done, and you know, it kind of touches on. You know, the show goes all sorts of places that you kind of don't really expect it to go. Like, you know, people who haven't seen the show probably d- would never expect what you get in this next episode. That this is kind of, you know, sweetly done, sad story about an you know an older couple. Um, 
yeah, it, it, it's really good. So it, it's a bit of a different pace from kind of what we've been seeing, but I, I kind of really enjoy it. And the Carver stuff is quite interesting that we kind of start to get into in, in a slightly different way. Yeah, completely agree. We are back, of course, for that. In the meantime, subscribe uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. Whilst you're there, it'd be great if you could leave us some feedback, some ratings, tell us how you want to grab our ass. I don't know. Um, and also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, uh, we're on YouTube. We're everywhere. Um, we're, we're just that sort of podcast. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to covering more of Nip Tuck for you, but it's been fun. It's time to go. My name is Ben, and yeah, I never come where I eat. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and I swear to God, I will shit your face. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.